We're live. Welcome in, everybody. It's Wednesday, 11.03 a.m. Central. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you can see us in the uh, in your YouTube and make sure you can also hear us okay. I'm joined with two very special guests today. I'm sure everybody in the Tesla community already knows the superstar Alexandra Mertz. She's joining me again today to discuss a lot of things in the Elon Musk world. And we also have a very special guest with us today. I'll throw it over to Alexandra to maybe give us a brief intro and then I'll allow uh, Ron to also just tell us everything about him. So Alexandra, take it. <laughs> Thank you, Farza. Thank you for hosting us. Um, yeah, so I'm very honored to uh, introduce Ron Carter to uh, to the Tesla community. Ron actually reached out to me when we started discussing, you know, does the Twitter noise and all that really have an impact on Tesla on other on other uh, companies for um, of, of Elon and and for us on, on the share price? And uh, he contacted me and said, look. I have been in government services for nearly 30 years. I've worked for Homeland Security. I've worked for the military, for the defense. Uh, I'm a 28 or 25 years, what was it, Marine Corps um, mm -hmm. soldier. I've worked overseas and in a lot of places. I was in charge as, uh, as a chief of staff for the TSA implementation after um, September 11th. And uh, no, yeah, September 11th. And, uh, and the whole subject came around how can you avoid making more noise than necessary? How will government agencies react to what, what Elon is doing? Is it a danger to Tesla stock? Because we all have some. Um, and uh, so I said, well, we should talk more and we should do this publicly. And I'm very honored that uh, Ron accepted. And so here we are. Ron, you want to say a little bit more about yourself? You know yourself much better than I will ever. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, you're very kind, uh, both of you and your introductions. Um, I've enjoyed all of my discourse with Alexandra. Um, as I pointed out in, uh, I think, our first conversation, I'm so fond of the name Alexandra that uh, my my oldest daughter is named Alexandra. So Good choice. Um, that, that, cute. Holds, <laughs> that, that holds a, a particular place with me. And then uh, uh, Alexandra is very kind to introduce me to Farzad. And I've got a, a musical connection with him. He's a guitarist. My father was a virtuo, uh, virtuoso guitarist. I grew up in awesome. the uh, music music community here in Nashville. So, um, which has actually been very instrument, uh, instrumental, uh, pardon the pun. No uh, pun intended. Huh? <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, in any um, success that I've, I've been able to enjoy uh, through my adult life, my professional life, um, because I was able to learn uh, connection in a, and professionalism in a very unique way uh, through the example of my father. And, um, you know, I want to, I won't elaborate too much, but uh, almost any guitar you hear on a Simon and Garfunkel record, is, it's either my dad or Paul, uh, Roy wow. Orbison, all the Nashville people, the folk scene. Mm. Uh, so wow. he was on uh, three Dylan albums, three Bi uh, Baez albums. Uh, that list goes on. And um, those people, he didn't just work with them. They were his friends and uh, colleagues. And he welcomed them into our home. So I'm nine years old and I'm serving coffee to Paul Simon. And I'm hearing them tell <laughs> jokes uh, while at the same token, uh, at the same time, they're talking about world events, how that translates into a song, the impact on contract support from the label. Uh, what does that mean in international copy copyright and sheet music and tour support? And wow. so it was just a very comprehensive, but yet he had to be technically proficient as well. And to see the unspoken communication between he and other musicians, 
uh, and what they did and how professionally they did it and how you show up on time and you work comfortably within a group. But when it's time to step into the spotlight, regardless of what instrument you're playing, then you're not afraid to do that and you're prepared to do it. So this has paid mm -hmm. lifelong uh, dividends for me, which is why, uh, you know, I highlight it. And when I see the situation with Elon um, uh, right now, this there needs to be some sort of a bridge there so that um, he can be more effective. We all know what the potential of Tesla is, what the potential of Twitter is uh, in this, this acquisition. Uh, there's no question that uh, Twitter very rapidly will be brought into a world-class platform, which it was not before in every regard, whether it's privacy, whether it's commerce, whether it's, uh, you know, a safe place uh, to have a public discourse. All of those things, the technical piece of that will be brilliant. The interface will be fantastic. It'll be robust. This is a different animal, though, than everything else Elon has touched. Everything else is a math set. It's big data, right? That's a, there's a common thread in production, uh, how the car works, uh, open AI. All of those things are math problems. They're straight engineering, whether it's software or hardware. Uh, the, Twitter's got that as well, but it is differentiated this time because it's outside of his strength in terms of social connection, social discourse, et cetera. And it's, it's so public and it's politically energizing that uh, if it's not handled well, then you are threatened by it. On the other side of it, if it's handled well, then problems, small problems stay small and they don't grow into something much larger. So um, that was the nature of the conversation that, uh, that Alexandra and I engaged privately. I didn't know that we would be discussing it publicly until I was I pushed invited. you. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so that's okay. So um, anyway, um, we can discuss any and all of that um, to uh, whatever good uh, is for your platform, Farzad, for sure. your audience. So, so I'll kind of, I'll sort of start off by going off of what you just said. And, uh, and any, anybody just, let's make a conversation jump in whenever, right? Because there's just so much to unpack there. So when I envision, so, so the first thing that jumps out to me based on what you said was, okay, Elon Musk is somebody that is likely going to have uh, challenges with this new venture because of the social aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. And and what I'm what I'm going to try to do is put on my my hat of the the community uh, to, to to try and also bring their concerns forward or how they're viewing this, and also kind of chip in my my opinions here and there. But um, the engineering solution aspect of of twitter so getting it to where it needs to be from a uh, platform perspective and having it be a a great product uh some will say that that's really all that's required here to ensure that the future of uh say elon musk and and his companies are successful because you're in the end if you build something that everybody's going to use uh it doesn't necessarily matter how you get there it's all about getting there um, so what, what do you guys think about that? How, how do you guys think about that? Well, it's not. And, and that's the whole reason why we want to talk to Ron, because uh, contrary to having cars, and there will be some government agencies involved, and we'll talk about that certainly a little bit later for FSD and other and other uh, processes, but Twitter is a, a, plat a platform that's really public. And it is probably the best public social media where people can exchange political ideas, lifestyle ideas, whatever. It's the quickest, it's the sharpest, and uh, and he'll make it even better. I don't think anybody has any doubt that how technically this can become. 
a much better platform. And and I'm actually, you know, annoyed with all this discussion of should advertisers come back or not. Advertisers are the least problem of coming back to, to Twitter. And I really don't want to concentrate on that today. And I don't think we should ever concentrate on advertisers being off and on. It is really about uh, this becoming a titan of communication in the whole, at least Western world, uh, and uh, who has influence over it and who does not, or does anybody still have influence over it or not? And I think Elon is quite, I don't think naive is the right word, but I don't find a better one. Uh, he's quite naive in thinking it just needs to be a better platform and open speech and everything will be solved. Well, it's not going to be a solved. And, and that's, uh, please jump in, Ron, that's where our discussions really started. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that, that is the concern. And, you know, privately, um, I had expressed uh, to you um, the example of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Facebook had gained, uh, you know, a, a large following early, but it didn't explode until the platform was humanized in some form and, and had a, a much warmer and personal connection uh, once he hired Sheryl Sandberg. And it wasn't uh, Mark being the sole face of, of Facebook. Um, I think Tesla and Elon are in the same position now. Um, I had a very, very valuable lesson. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit like Elon. I'm, I'm an INTJ. It's a very, you know, it's one of the rarest Myers-Briggs personality types, the mastermind, highly organized, mm -hmm. little fussy, all of that, right? Very hard driving, 2% uh, to 3% of the population. So, I get that. My father was so helpful to me to have that presence. Um, I was flying cross country one time uh, to a conference with a, an Air Force Lieutenant Colonel uh, from Camp Lejeune all the way to El Paso in a twin engine plane. We had to go to this, uh, this uh, aviation conference. And um, my parents at the time were living in Northeast Louisiana, which is their home in Winsboro, and which is about halfway to, uh, to El Paso. And the colonel says, uh, you know, I'm a young lieutenant. And he says, hey, uh, why don't we stop and, and see your folks? And maybe your dad can play a tune for me on guitar or whatever. And uh, so we landed at the little airport. Dad played some music. Mom put home cooking, uh, cooking on the table. And we had a good time. And um, but my dad kind of, you know, pulled me aside at one point And he's like, hey, you know, what's up with the colonel or whatever? And I said, well, he kind of annoys me a little bit. And he had been very kind to me. and was a good guy. But. I don't remember exactly. I just thought he could, should do something a little better. And my dad was very instructive. He wasn't heavy handed in his advice. But he said, son, it's okay to let people warm up to you. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to let, let people like you. And it just is enough for me. It, you know, it's like Forrest Gump, right? You know, mama could always talk to me in a way I could understand it. Right. And my dad could do that with me. Um, and just that one small point to, to focus on how important it is to not be uptight all the time, not to take a front to every single slight. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, most people generally don't uh, intend any harm. And if you let them help you and let them warm up to you, they will. And that's, that's a much better place to be. Um, and I think that's where we are with Elon uh, right now. It's very, very difficult when you're being attacked personally. I don't think he would be in this political fight had he not been essentially wrongly and viciously attacked by Elizabeth Warren and others uh, on the left. And he was so affronted that he has this, and I understand, I mean, uh, this pathological need simply to make it right. You know, that's an untruth and it's a black or white issue for him of injustice. And I've got to do something about it.
this is where we get uh, into one of my favorite quotes, which we'll put the slide up later as the parting shot. But uh, during the Civil War, uh, Abram Lincoln was obviously besieged on all fronts in the press uh, politically because uh, the war was not going well. And he was asked by the press, what are you going to do? And he said, I intend to come to work and do the job every day. I'm going to do the best I know how to do. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if I do it well, it won't matter what was said against me. And if I don't do it well, even if all of the angels in heaven were vouching for me, it's, it wouldn't make any difference. I, I would still be done. So, and I think that's where we are. So this is simply um, uh, a petition to Elon to let somebody help you, let somebody put a calmer face on this uh, because everything doesn't have to be uh, a personal affront. And that's what's alarming people right now. I think uh, um, they want stability. They want to know that something's predictable. And truthfully, there are a lot of people out there, professionals particularly, who've been carrying the banner for Elon for a long time. And they're starting to get a little weary of the, uh, this is the price of genius uh, clarion call, right? Happy to support Elon. Don't expect that he's going to have the exact uh, emotional or professional response that uh, that most of the population would have. Usually he's far more enlightened and he, he's on point. But by the same token, people are getting a little weary now saying, well, wait a minute. At what point is the price of genius too much? And there, mm -hmm. you know, there's risk here. So that's uh, that was the uh, point of discussion with Alexandria. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. And I think we should actually start from the point of all the different Elon companies, because in the end, he will need them. He will need the government support and he will need these people not building up fences against him. And when I say building up fences, I mean, you know, suddenly introducing new laws. Elon mm -hmm. is acting in a lot of fields where there are no laws yet, just because... Right. The legislator is much late to to come to the party. Um, let's think about Neuralink. We have today the presentation. There is no regulation That's really right. defining what, what Elon is trying to do with Neuralink. Uh, let's go to Starlink. Well, I mean, we're coming to, to SpaceX in a moment. Let's go first go to, to boring tunnels. Well, he needs permits to, to, mm -hmm. to dig his tunnels and, and get the exploitation rights for those. Um, then obviously SpaceX. I mean, with SpaceX, he had won so much goodwill. And I think the government is quite locked in. I, I still consider right. SpaceX, we talked about this before, really his joker. I don't think the government can go really front and center against Elon because they need him on the SpaceX side and even on mm -hmm. the Starlink side. I mean, Starlink in Ukraine, we all know the story, but that was in favor of what the United States wanted. Mm -hmm. And they're right. certainly not going to pull the plug on somebody who is so useful to them. So I do believe SpaceX gives us some cover, gives us some... But he was at the height of goodwill, right? He was right. the golden boy of, of EDs. He was the golden boy of SpaceX. And we just want to make sure he's not ruining lots of this goodwill now now with Twitter. And then, obviously, Tesla. I mean, we we, we did some research together this week, Ron, um, looking at do you really today need authorization from the government authorities, NHTSA uh, or whatever, to start to, to call yourself level four or maybe even mm -hmm. level five for full self-driving. And at the moment, nothing's in place, right? They defined what it is, but they didn't put a procedure yet in place where you would have to mm -hmm. get an authorization. You can just auto-declare yourself level four and right. then what, right? So there is this void, this, this empty space at the moment where we probably will have government ruling and, and, and something happening, but we certainly don't want to you know, kill that idea now. Well, that's right. And, but uh, 
understanding how government is constructed or how it functions. Um, they simply, you know, it's a bureaucracy, right? And uh, G. Gordon Liddy famously talked about in his uh, autobiography, Will, when he was in prison, that he used the bureaucracy against itself, right? So when you put paper in, the bureaucracy is obliged to respond or to process that. And so he, he actually used that, uh, you know, for his own, his own devices while he was in mm. prison, while he was busy bugging the warden's office and doing other things like that. Um, the government is, I, I, you know, I got my master's at the Kennedy School uh, of Government at Harvard. So one of the things that I, <coughs> excuse me, I learned there and through my own experience, and it was kind of a little bit of a difficult lesson, is it's easy to stand up and shake your fist at the government and say, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you doing it today? And that is a pervasive attitude in the general public that has come about since the time of FDR and the birth of the nanny state, right? Um, if we put people in a time capsule and transported them back 120, 150 years to see what true liberty uh, looked like uh, when, you know, you really had to be self-sufficient and there wasn't all of this uh, safety net and, and all the rest of it, people would be stunned. Um, American democracy, um, what daily life looked like, would be far different than what people expect today. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is government's in place for stability. It's not in place for response. It will respond, but it's designed to respond slowly, specifically to provide stability uh, in a general sense to the population, because that is important, right? That's everything is about stability. And whether it's uh, the nuclear family, whether it's uh, how you vote, uh, economics, you know, all of that is supposed to be stable. So when you put something in the system, it's going to be slow to respond with regards to FSD. The government doesn't have anything to measure against, right? They don't even know. I mean, the product is just now visible and it's certainly not mature and they don't know it, it hasn't been fielded enough to know exactly what the impact is in the real world. Right. So they don't really have anything to respond to. And for the things that are happening out there, um, you know, it's like the solar industry. Um, uh, the energy companies say in Florida, right, they've teamed with insurance to kill rooftop solar. It's a very interesting play. Well, mm -hmm. In the, in the case of Tesla, you know, there have been lawsuits or accusations against FSD crashes and fatalities. Um, the government hasn't responded to that with any form of a, a fine or anything. You know, uh, you can get into criminal proceedings uh, very quickly uh, for wrongful death and all the rest of it. Right. Well, that hasn't happened because they've got such a robust data set that they can show driver error that uh, the equipment, the software is not at fault. And uh, so the government doesn't have anything to go after because there's actually empirical evidence there to clear the company. Uh, I can assure you if that data wasn't there and it wasn't that trustworthy and robust, then you would begin to see the wheels of government turn. So um, anyway, yeah. they, well, that, they that simply don't have back... anything to act against yeah. is what I'm driving. That, that brings me back to the thing. I mean, more I study Elon more, I think he's really a genius because he mm -hmm. is trying to circle them from all sides. I mean, the example of FSD you've just given us, having the data, you know, I'm sure Weimar has some data too, but since it's also geo-fenced and, mm -hmm. and small, having the, the real-time data of millions of cars worldwide now mm -hmm. running just gives him such a stronger argument. Sure. And in, in lots of, in lots of 
happenings he is doing, I just feel he he thought about all angles prior and put them in place so that whatever happens, he has the defense it's needed. And and I'm I'm very fond of that and, and every time very astonished how it works. The only thing where I feel his hesitation and I have it's more a feeling that a certitude is like I feel he he wanted this free speech platform. He saw the potential for it. He, he sees how he can make this a profitable venture. I don't even think profit is his main his main mm -hmm. goal, but he obviously doesn't want to pay for it for the rest of his life. Um, yet you feel like a little bit like I don't have the same security measures already in place that I had put in place for SpaceX, that I had put in place for Starling, right. that I had put in place for Tesla. It's sort of he he rushed into it or he was rushed into it. Right. We all remember how it happened. So, with the, will he get it or not get it? Yeah. If I could just what, what comes to mind here is like maybe I mean, could just somebody brought this up before, but could this whole thing just be a leverage play knowing that something like a SpaceX, as an example that was thrown out, is so needed by the United States to ensure that they have supremacy from a space standpoint, because we all know in the next 20 to 40 years, that's going to be incredibly important to be a country that can put satellites and other stuff up into space. And Elon knows that. He, he has yeah. by far, Strongest by far... Right. And he's like, well, I can literally do whatever I want, because as soon as they, if they really, really, really do want to uh, put me in a position where my stuff gets uh, thrown out or, or quote unquote abused by the government, they will literally give up every single bit of uh, chance they had to be successful in the future. And, I and this is add, just, and I, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'd even add, see how he, I mean, subtle is not the right word, but how he intervened on the political scene before the midterm saying we really need a split Congress. Did you see yesterday how DeSantis and the, spe the new Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin yeah, McCarthy, McCarthy, came out to his defense? Yeah. I mean, this this was... In, Should in, we play those I mean, clips? I know a couple of people who don't think he's doing 4, 4D chess, but this was a 4D chess move, right? By having now mm. the House in the hands of the Republican, the rest of the, the Senate and the presidency in the house of the, the Democrats, he is much more protected than he was the, the last two years. Yeah. My question, we, uh, my question we, though is, please. Was, it ne was it necessary? He was gonna have that protection regardless because it was, it was already front and center. Or he could have someone make that, make that argument for him, right? I mean, you could get any number of surrogates that and I guess that's my issue is he could have an internal surrogate do this. Uh, he could have any number of external surrogates. When you have someone like but Ron explain Barron, us more because I don't yeah. know how this works. Tell tell us more. How would you do this calmer than than he's doing it? Um, you know, I have. Um, we all have these small decision points or how we evaluate. Uh, different things in, in our professional lives, right? And and we come to rely on those. And one of mine is whenever I have to choose someone for uh, a promotion or a leadership position, one of the things I focus on, uh, and again, I get this from my dad or my parents, um, is does someone, so we all know situations where the smallest possible problem that should be insignificant gets blown up into a, a big, fat, hairy deal, Right. But yet we also know people that whenever something comes up, it just always seems to disappear, you know, and that's a that's actually uh, artful leadership uh, and management. Right. Who are the people who can keep small problems small 
and who are the people who always blow it up into something uh, that it didn't have to be, right? They created a problem that didn't need to exist. I think they're and, nailing it right here, yeah. And, yeah, and we've, and so, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I've got an extreme talent for keeping small problems small and they just go away. And, you know, where, you know, the general will come up to me and say, hey, Ron, you know, what happened to that thing, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that came up with uh, this other general or the command or, this Marine that uh, gave us a black eye in the, uh, in the public. Right. And oh, sir, I took care of that. And you're not breaking rules or anything, but you just know how to keep those problems small and they just dissipate. They just go away and people are happier and uh, problem solved. Um, likewise, I, you know, uh, I can think of one lady that I worked with a few years ago and it didn't matter how small or insignificant the problem was. It, it literally, was all you could do not to keep it from blowing up into front page headlines over nothing. And it's just, you know, created turmoil internally, a lot of discontent and it's, it's just not worth it. And that's a little bit where we are right now. So um, when you've got the likes of, uh, I mean, Elon has such influential people in his corner, you know, Ron Barron, you know, is an incredible uh, spokesperson, not only on character, but technical competence mm. and, and to have his imprimatur and vote of confidence, uh, you know, to let him go on CNBC and and speak with Dan Ives or any of those hosts who are, uh, you know, trying to give Tesla the business right now, uh, that's far better than Elon doing it himself, I think. Um, mm. um, and I also think just focusing on on, uh, on, pro on progress. Hey, this is the social good, or these are. The, that uh, that Tesla's doing right now, uh, you know, we've talked privately a little bit, and I don't know that they could ever get there. Think it's a good idea, but for Elon to pivot right now with his leadership team to publish a simply instead of these daily tweets and catching people off guard and energizing people, something that was a, a weekly uh, publication that was just a hand, you know, three or four bullet points from each one of the ventures, primarily Tesla, Twitter, and SpaceX. Right, those are the big ones. And say, you know, like there's so much good news this week. Uh, you know, first bullet point is a semi uh, announcement on on Thursday. First deliveries for Pepsi. That's the first bullet point. That's a positive. If they wanted to add something more to say we'll have we'll have 50 vehicles delivered before the end of December, whatever that number is, that's a bullet point positive. Not something you can dispute. Um, the second bullet point would be like in, like a, a Twitter example. We've We've closed uh, loopholes on uh, child uh, endangerment uh, in mm. 3,000 sites or whatever, and, and that, mm. they won't be able to breach that again, right? That yeah. is a huge Just point. actual communication, yeah. It's just actual. Uh, it's mm. calming. It's straightforward. It's something that is important to people, and it shows what issues you're focusing on. It also shows that you're making progress. It's just a very simple, down-to-earth, calming here we are, a conversation. Right now, it's just frothy. People don't know which way things are going to swing. And we're back to the uncertainty thing. And just by human nature, with how we're built, we have to assume the worst for our own survival and protection, right? If you're out mm -hmm. in the wild, you know, like if I was in a plane crash right now in the middle of the mountains, all alone, I would have to assume the worst at every corner simply for my own protection. That, you know, there would be a wild sure. animal. There I wouldn't yeah. find yeah. food, whatever that was. So that if you know that's the natural, uh, you know, the state of the human mind, 
you need to do something on the other side to, to be a calming influence rather than yeah. an inflaming influence. So I have, an, it, I have uh, sort of a, a take on that and I'm curious to hear both of your thought process. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And on the flip side, though, um, and I start with a question and then sort of go on and you guys let me know if this makes sense. Wouldn't do you think that the statements that Elon's Elon makes that causes that frothiness and that chaos in a sense, does it have merit to it? Like, is it actually a legitimate statement that's being said that is truthful, but it's just so chaotic from who it comes from and just the sort of and the things that he's responsible for that it's going to cause a lot of pain and, and sort of potential endangerment to his things. But if there is merit to them, do you think he sees it as, well, it's true and I'm going to be the person that's going to fix it. And I think that people are going to be on the train with me because, because it is, it needs to be fixed. And I'm willing to take a risk of that endangerment to whatever I've built so far to get to the end goal. And so fuck it. That's what we're going to do. Like, how, how do you guys think about that? Yeah. Well, it, it, you're tr you're you're right. It actually has some merit to it because he is taking all this dust away and just blowing it up, and that's it. And obviously, sometimes making mistakes. Like for example, he's delivering tomorrow the first semi to Pepsi and publishes two days ago a picture of his night table with Coca on it. Right? I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just you just wonder. You just wonder: is there any you know marketing strategy, or is there none? Right. Uh, but, but but I mean, even trying if, to sell the soccer trucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the 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 even i mean and and everybody makes mistakes you know everybody will actually forgive him the mistakes because he's so human and he's so approachable and i mean you got answers to your to your tweets yesterday father i mean how crazy is that right i mean you, you I wasn't just even looking for it, it just showed up answers. <laughs> exactly, there is. so so this is a major plus but it's also a weakness there is no doubt about it because it makes him attackable and it brings all this yeah, but people Drama are smart. Streets, yeah. People are smart. The street always knows is something that I keep in my wheelhouse. You can't, you can't fool people. They have an innate sense of kind of what's going on with somebody, right? And there is a component of this that, uh, you know, we'll go back to the uh, original SpaceX story. When he went to Russia, he made what, three trips over there. Mm -hmm. And uh, the chief of the space program laughed at him and spat on his shoes. Well, yeah. That has uh, essentially been the key driver for SpaceX yeah. <laughs> above all of the social good, above star exploration. That is so right? true. And so he's so affronted on a personal level. That's what the driver for SpaceX is beyond all of the other stuff that he wants to do. Right. Mm. Uh, and we're now, uh, there's a component of this apparently with Twitter, you know, Apparently, there's some froth out there from years ago where some friend of Elon's got insulted. There was some uh, dust up with Twitter, and he's never let go of it. He's sat there and marinated or fermented um, for, oh, that's so Elon. Yeah. for 15 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, I get that. But that's Would the danger, and people sense that. So, so I'm curious. So... Um... As an INTJ, and actually, when I took the test, I got the same thing. Just FYI, yeah. like we're all three on the same. But like that to me, like that resonates with me because I am exact. Like that is what fires me. Is like, like what? Like you just well, like disrespected me? Yeah, Ex yeah. 
you remember i'm gonna get it fucking season. done how dare you you know like i, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> good thing you all have women in your life right bringing you down it's in a safe it's in a safe don't worry yeah I, we're good you know, I, I can i mean if i choose to focus on it and this is this is the difference you have you have to learn that you get to make your choice because it defines who you are how you live what your values are i can remember every slight I can yeah. plan the demise of any organization, any person I've worked with. That's not bragging. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> that doesn't advance me at the end of the day. It certainly doesn't advance other people or the organization. And you simply have to live by the higher good and make that choice. I, I completely agree with you. And I think people like you, like, like Elon, the two of you, you easily are insulted when people insult your intelligence right when right. when when you mm -hmm. feel that somebody doesn't understand how exceptional you all are um this becomes a personal moral high ground this becomes it, something that you know that's keeps stuck there and, and you can. want to solve it yeah it can, yes, exactly. I, I lie to myself i'm like there's no way that's going to impact me and then i like i'm like literally stewing on it the whole day i'm like no it's totally right. impacting me <laughs> Like I'm lying to myself over here. Like it's, I'm so pissed. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you know, uh, you just, I guess the way I see it. Um, and I know that for all of his genius, uh, we all have our challenges and how we connect. I'm, you know, I'm not the world's best connector by the same token. Uh, I can be pretty good. I love to go spend Uh, time on the shop floor. I ran uh, big transportation operations for the Marine Corps where I, I owned large shops, lots of big green toys running around. You know, I'm the first one to grab a creeper and crawl underneath the truck and see what's going on. And I can tell you every nut and bolt or how the bearing works and whatever. I do all the maintenance on, on my cars. I always have. I love to get dirt and grease under my fingernails. Um, and that's great to be able to connect that way. Um, By the same token, it's just as much fun and gratifying to be able to throw on a suit and go be comfortable in a C-suite, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not everybody can do that, but that's what Elon needs. He needs someone who can comfortably float between all of these environments and actually connect them, whether you're junior or you're senior or everybody in between, and to calm those elements uh, at the same time. You have Let to me, enjoy the connection and 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 get a rush out of that, and yeah. and I'm very happy yeah. that I do. Let me take a let me take a like sort of a, a devil's advocate approach here because this is such a fascinating discussion, and I think it's at the heart of why there is this tension in the in sort of the people that follow Tesla is that the the way part of me views it is this is we finally have an example of an individual who who has those traits. Who has proven he can be successful in the past by being exactly who he is and it's so counter and it's so weird but it has worked thus far so why can't it work into the future and i think that is the the, the very confounding aspect of this whole thing because he's it, it's very obvious the kind of person he is and it's very obvious that he's far from perfect but well, you don't want him to not be elon That's, yeah. that's not the point of the discussion here. Yeah, yeah. He, one of the hardest things in life that we all have to learn is to be comfortable enough in our own skin to simply do what we do well and leave the things that other people do well to, to let them. them, to let their star shine too. To let trust. Them It's trust, right? Succeed, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's enough 
room at the end or the table for everybody. And, you know, we're back to the music example, right? You play as part of the group, you're comfortable, you know what you're supposed to do, but there's room for everybody to have the solo or to be highlighted or step into the spotlight. And that's one of the things that's really difficult for young professionals to learn is that you're going to get your day in the sun. You're going to have the chance to present to Elon or to uh, the C-suite or whatever that, you know, you're going to get your opportunity. You just need to be ready when that day comes. Um, and if someone else gets their, uh, their time in the spotlight a little earlier, don't take it an affront to that. You know, it's simply their time. Everybody can't be first, but um, mm -hmm. so you're moving away from that competitive uh, competition, jealousy, all of that kind of thing. We want Elon to be Elon. We want him. We love his voice. We love every quirk about him. We, what we don't want is we all know that it's kind of like, um, you know, um, you know, I lost my dad, what, uh, 10, 11 years ago now. Now, my parents were great people. Uh, my dad had a huge, larger than life personality. Um, but my mom took the edges or puts boundaries on my dad, right? So 80% of Fred was all you needed. 100% was too much and would actually play <laughs> to his detriment. My mother is the same way in his absence now. I love my mom and she is, she is the dearest Christian person you would ever meet. Right. Um, but left to herself, a hundred percent of Anna mm. might go a little too far sometimes in some of mm. her, uh, her thoughts or ideas or, or how she lives. And so what we want is we want Elon entirely to be himself, not asking him not to do that. We're not asking him to turn over every single thing, just completely let go of the reins and not be in touch or in charge or what have you. But, um, uh, wow, there's no reason to, you know, we had this event in 2018, right, with the, uh, the cave rescue in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And Elon jumps in as a superior engineer, says we can provide engineering expertise. It's worth saving these children because this is obviously mm -hmm. a very, very difficult and challenging problem. That's not the takeaway. The takeaway is it turned into a story of pedophilia, you know, and a, exactly. I mean, and that's the takeaway that it's not mm. the brilliant story. You know, they, they did a, a, a Disney plus documentary on that, which was very well done and was very moving to watch to see exactly what it took to pull that rescue off. And, but the general public just knows that Elon called somebody a pedo guy ended up going to court. And I yeah. think what Elon's retort would be is, well, I went to court and I, and I won, I beat the guy. But that's well, not what's left. That's not the story. It. Exactly. That's true. But what's interesting there is that the why he, the reason why he made those statements in the first place was because the guy told him to shove it up his ass because he questioned his ability and, and his intelligence. And nobody talks about that anymore. Exactly. That's right. But that's, that's what that's right. started it is that somebody questioned him. Yeah. I understand that. There's right and wrong yeah. in that story. It's just what yeah. is left over. This is a good 100%. example of what over as soon as Elon gets gets into the mess, right? For sure. And, well, and, and here's the other piece. The other piece of that is we've seen the recent, and and Alexander and I shared this between us on on DM. Um, we all have our tribe where we're comfortable. You know, I can see how comfortable Alexandra is, and I appreciate how comfortable she is dealing in uh, high end finance and legal and everything. There is the a best. There is a oh. go check out her Substack. Yeah. Pull up her Substack. I'm gonna There's pull it up. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, there it's it's like driving in a different city, right? You move, you know, mm -hmm. the, the driving convention in Paris is different than the driving convention in, say, New York, right? And you have to pick up on those cues. And 
So to be able to go into a boardroom or to speak and be re- be received uh, in the circle with Moody's and Standard and Poor's and and all of that, that's a special place and not very many people are granted entree. So um, they get it, right? Um, we need... No, I, I agree with you. And actually, it's, it's funny because I would never, and, and we had this discussion with Father before, I would never inter- intervene when you have those battery people. You know, there's so many geniuses mm-hmm. out there in this Tesla community that have so much technical um, knowledge and so mm-hmm. much... So, so much engineering press and whatever. And I mean, I would feel completely stupid even adding the slightest sentence to it because it's not my field. It's not where mm-hmm. I have knowledge and where I can bring something to the table. The thing is, Elon obviously has so many more fields where he has it, but some of them he doesn't. And nobody has well, 100% of all the fields. That's right. And, and where so I was, it, I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Where I was heading with that is the element of this where Elon's tribe is the picture that was published last week where he was with the remaining engineering team wearing a t-shirt, mm-hmm. his hair's messed up and he's just a bro. He's just hanging out yeah. with that segment of the population, which is an admittedly very narrow piece of the social spectrum. Right. And it's cringe humor. So, mm. you know, what I put in front of Alexander was of like, you know, he needs to have a place to, to share his cringe humor. We all have things that we say, you know, my best friend, I've known the guy for 56 years, right? And uh, since we were two, three years old uh, uh, in church, and I can say things to Harold, uh, who is an otherworldly uh, aerospace engineer, by the way, um, but I can say things to him that I wouldn't say in this forum, right? Mm. Um, sure, and because he understands that, you, and, and well, he will right. maybe laugh about something that we will not even understand, and right? Some of that's cringe humor, and you know, I laughed at some of the the things that uh, that Elon puts out there privately, but it doesn't mean that it, that it should be shared. And um, I agree with you. And if you if if you don't mind, um, producer wife, if you can pull up that four color chart that I mm-hmm. sent over. So this is from this book, uh, Surrounded by Idiots. I don't know whether you can see that mm-hmm. from Thomas Erickson, and um, it, it's a very simplified measure, a much less developed than what what you all doing on um four color groups of people right and the blue are the engineers right and i mean and i know we have just the 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 most of the blue in this world and and i'm really sorry to admit that i'm red so (laughs) and probably you know when when we're talking when we're talking in our other forums with uh ross and with gary well gary is blue and ross is red right that that just says it all Mm -hmm. so while we are um both blues and red are task orientated um the blues are introverted are more passive are more reserved and just communicate within themselves but what i want to show with this what i want to show with this graph is the world is four times 25 percent right there are the and and these numbers are obviously not correct but there are 25 percent of blues and this tesla world is mainly blues but there are 75 percent of other people out there and you might find the ross and me um, amusing and an extrovert and 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 a bit different and so you can relate to us but you probably don't relate much to the yellows and the greens of this world and the greens are typically people that are in decisive roles in government agencies right because you have to be uh, interact, passive, reserved. Otherwise, you won't go into into administration. Um, but you're mostly not task oriented because you're working on 
repetitive things. It's less of that, but the, you're more relation oriented. So these people can get offended by Elon. And one of the thank you, Cindy. Well, one of the one of the goals in in uh, having this discussion today is really that we understand first Tesla is not a danger. That's my first thing. And right. and why is it not a danger? Because the biggest shield we have is SpaceX, right? So just keep that in mind whenever you get nervous. Second, what is needed is actually not much. It is the need to. For Elon to accept that somebody has to smoothen out the mess he sometimes leaves, right? And and make sure his message gets to the other three groups of people that are not blue, that are not straight away connecting with his with his way of um, talking, being, discussing, communicating. Um, I think actually you've touched on something, and if I'm jumping the gun here, Alexandra, then Please. we can you know move this a little further, but. Uh, just maybe to provide some perspective for the audience, because there there has been so much fraud, um, and we understand it changes by the minute, which is to say it changes by the tweet. So, <laughs> <laughs> we we understand that, um, but I don't think that Tesla or Elon has a huge amount of risk right now. What he, I think, I use the example in a DM that um, one of the most painful experiences I've ever had is. Uh, to be out in the desert uh, on military exercise and to get sand in my eyes. And if you've ever had that experience that way, it is one of the most excruciating um, uh, things that you can have happen. And a single, I guess what I said in the, in the DM was that a single grain of sand in your eye can essentially uh, disable you, right? I mean, you're not gonna die. Um, you're gonna continue to be able to function but it's excruciatingly painful. It obscures your vision. And if you don't do anything about it, then it can ruin your vision. And I would hate to see Elon's vision for Tesla and all of his other ventures to help people, to help humanity get derailed because he called some guy a pedo or because he put out the Trump tweet, you know, lead me not from temptation or, mm. You know, the Texas Institute. It's so Texas. funny, though. <laughs> yeah, but, but still, you know, you can't respond. I'm sorry. You can't respond to Ed Markey, right? So let's, let's use a Trump example. My 19-year-old daughter, this is a very energized household here, and fortunately we have very bright kids. And um, so she came in a couple of years ago, and she's 19, and uh, she's our baby and doesn't really talk about these things very much. So I was surprised. She said, Daddy, uh, so what do you think, Daddy-O, about the, uh, about the uh, election? And so she, you know, she specifically wanted to know how I felt about Trump and all of the froth out there because of the pandemic and, and all the rest of it. So we talked about it. And long story short, I still don't think Trump understands. If he would listen, have listened to Melania, and I'm not advocating for Trump. I'm, I'm neutral. I'm simply analyzing what we've got here. Okay. There are elements about Trump that are noteworthy. There are elements of Trump that are absolutely abhorrent. So we get that. Um, but if he would have listened to Melania and been a little more responsive to suburban moms, to calm basic human fears of stability or risk because of the pandemic, because kids aren't in school, are they getting the social interaction they're supposed to have, et cetera, right? 
if he would have simply done something a little bit differently there, he'd won the election. And this is mm. exemplified in uh, my 19 year old Jackie, who says, you know, we talked about it. And I gave her a little bit more of the, the adult answer of what it's like to deal with other despots and you got to be strong and X, Y, Z. And she said, yeah, but daddy's just so unpleasant. Yeah. Right. Mm. That simple, basic sensibility. Exactly. And it's, it's no more complicated than that. And if you, if your pride or your ego gets in the way or you get too far over into the Don Quixote syndrome, right. Of going, now you're tilting at every windmill and we're back to Abraham Lincoln. You cannot go fight these things it's not worth it. And uh, there's a different way to fight it. And um, my other premise is I'm a huge fan of Sun Tzu. I would have to be. I've read all the military stuff that you can read. And, um, you know, the skillful general wins the battle uh, without firing a single shot. And that is the most fun. And that's actually what I enjoy doing the most. We can win this uh, and people will smile in the process. You know, the, what's the Winston Churchill quote about, um, uh, telling people to go to hell and they're happy to ask for directions. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that is where we actually should be here yeah. um, in this discussion and how Tesla handles this, because they are so confident. They have, the bar is, has been advanced exactly. so far that, um, you know, actually Elon is using this to his advantage. He knows how slow the government is to mobilize. So, um, Maybe we should go back to this risk piece. I don't think that they're at risk. We've got a new Congress, Republicans, you know, we've already touched on this. They've got the House and they're already uh, coming to Elon's defense in terms of free speech and equal. Should access. we go ahead and play one of those p- clips real quick, Ron? Because yeah, maybe absolutely. for those that haven't watched it. So go ahead and uh, uh, producer wife pull up the uh, let's do the Ron DeSantis one second. So let's do the who was the other gentleman that made the comment? McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and play this one first and then Kevin we'll McCarthy. play Ron DeSantis. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone who wants to have free speech. What do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I, I bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. So this is in response to a, a question around uh, Twitter being looked into by the government. Um, and then if you play the other clip as well, producer wife, this is by Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, probably running for president in 2024. Hasn't officially announced, but I mean, it's basically guaranteed. So let's go ahead and, and play and that one as well. And, and twice or three times now supported by Elon. That's correct. That's correct. Let's go ahead and play that. Very concerning. And then... When you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. 
so many things these experts were wrong at. And you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And, and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula. And so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that uh, by nuking them from, from the App Store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake. And it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And so uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. Thank you very much. So, uh, and what goes through my mind when the, when I hear those statements is like, okay, so one of the risk factors in my head was government, but there is obvious support for him either because his donations are working or it's because uh, they actually are quote unquote say inspired by what he's doing. There's clear support. So what, what kind of goes through your mind um, when you hear those statements? Uh, who, who wants to take it first? Well, the first thing I want to point out before Ron probably gets into it, and this is something Ron pointed out, Tesla is not lobbying a lot, right? Robbie, uh, Ron, you remember those numbers you, you gave to yes. me and, and then compared them? It's it was a half like million half million exactly half a, a million bucks of lobbying last year by Tesla to any party, while Ford is 10 times that, uh, GM is 20 times that. So, so we're, we're not at all, you know, a big league lobbying um partner, at least in 2021. I don't know what's actually happening in, in, in 2022. And I'm not saying Tesla has to lobby. But one thing that's for sure is they are not lobbying or they have not been lobbying. So they were not buying an influence so far. Now, the, the, the other thing that's actually very positive is the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, we all know uh, what's coming out in January is highly beneficial to Tesla. Nobody will benefit as much of it as Tesla. They probably didn't put it in place for Tesla. They probably did it to save GM and, and Ford, but uh, it's just blatantly evident that, that Tesla is going to benefit much more. And there was a short tweet at one moment where Elon personally um, thanked um, Oh, what's the West Virginia senator? Um, Manchin. Manchin, exactly. Yeah. Manchin, because obviously that was the thing that made it happen. So so there was some discussion at one point. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt. I mean, I, I just don't believe Elon would do a tweet saying, thank you, Manchin, uh, we had this, um, if there wouldn't have been any prior discussions or, or exchanges to, to make this happen. So... Um, for a long time, I was, you know, concerned about government trying to stop whatever venture came. I then understood actually Elon's ventures are so much ahead that there is no legislation in place yet. That doesn't mean it can't come, but it 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 is more difficult to come now that Congress is divided. So I think he actually had just gained another two years of progress in his craziest moves, right? FSD, Neuralink, whatever, just because he will have less of the headwind. They can talk, but they can't do much. A senator can't do much at the moment if they don't have the house, right? That's just it. Uh, that's correct. Um, but they can make your life miserable. And sure. uh, it's like um, falling into um, a nest of fire ants, right? Um, mm. For most people, it's not going to kill you but they can make life pretty miserable. Um, I think an example that I, you know, have rolled around in my own head as part of the danger or something that um, a way to characterize it is in uh, uh, 
with imperialist Japan uh, heading into World War II, uh, you know, through the, the 20s and certainly in the 30s, uh, when they had more expansionist uh, ideas, they started, you know, frothing around uh, in the Orient and causing a lot of trouble. Um, and the government kept trying, you know, the U.S. government kept trying to swat them away and, you know, mm -hmm. put some, some boundaries in place uh, in terms of energy and, and, and other things like that. So we all know about that. Um, it didn't, it wasn't an issue. It was uncomfortable for Japan. Uh, it didn't become an issue until they actually attacked Pearl Harbor. And what happened then is the government was provoked sufficiently or, or felt threat that was sufficient mm. that it decided to mobilize. Now mm. it took a period of time for them to mobilize, but once they do, it is unstoppable. And that's what you don't want to happen in Elon's case, where um, he essentially gets the government to mobilize against him. I'm certain that he has gamed the government against itself because he knows he can innovate uh, and iterate uh, so quickly that the government doesn't have time to mobilize. He's already mm -hmm. moved on beyond the problem. So like, for instance, um, uh, on FSD, FSD is improving so quickly that by the time they would get around to congressional hearings, much less uh, issue charges of, of criminality against uh, Tesla or what have you, they would be able to come out and say, well, that was three iterations ago of the software. Here's the data to support right. it. And, and so there's not a problem to discuss here. We're already past the problem. And I know that mm -hmm. he's gaming the government in every situation uh, with that. Uh, so there, there's no question about that. Um, so protections for Elon right now, why I don't think they're at huge government risk is that we've got a new Congress and it's divided. We've, we've already touched on that. You will not see more robust public statements or support. That was McCarthy's statement as a gentleman who will be the, uh, the next speaker in a few weeks. That was not just an affirmation. That was combative affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. That was combative. Oh, yeah. They have selected their camp. There is no doubt about and, it. And as a speaker, I can guarantee you with that sort of public statement, there is yeah. no chance in hell that there will be any sort of house action uh, against the company unless there is some black swan event that, mm. that mm. turns up or Elon were to sufficiently shoot okay, himself yeah. in the foot. Then that would, yeah. you know, that would change the landscape. But that would be difficult to walk back with that powerful of a statement. Um, when you look at the individual members, you've already touched on this, whether you're a senator, you're in the House, they simply don't have that much leverage right now. Markey has been around for a long time. He knows every center of power in the government. He and the president are very well connected as Northeastern Democrats, et cetera. And they are of that dying breed of politician who are labor uh, their their power their union. political base is essentially yeah. union union labor yeah. um, so they don't have much leverage um, they've got limited willpower now to engage this and they've got bigger fish to fry quite frankly if you're going to talk about uh, tech regulation or uh, uh, exit existential threats TikTok is far more uh, of an issue right now because you've got uh, issues with China on that and national security mm -hmm. um, Actually, the algorithm algorithms they use uh, and how that's affecting kids, um, you know, the videos that are fed to Chinese kid pro, uh, children 
uh, promote certain levels of enhancement where everything that uh, is fed to uh, Western children or audiences uh, is to degrade the mind and divide families and things like that. And it's pretty astonishing when you actually dig into into the algorithm algorithms and what uh, what that output is. So that's and if you huge... think about it, how long it excuse me to interrupt you, Ron, and how long it takes Congress to finally act? I mean, that's right. we've been talking about TikTok being an issue since what 2019. Mm -hmm. We're 2022 at the end, three years yeah. later. And they still haven't done Nothing anything, and done. and yet uh, Apple thinks they're smart in in uh, mm. blowing up I don't know what against Twitter. I mean, this right. is completely ridiculous. So other tech issues, you've got Snapchat, Instagram, which is tied in with crime, fentanyl, uh, yeah, all of those those issues, and these are these are much more present and much larger issues mm. for for Congress. Um, no disrespect to Tesla, but it, it's tiny compared to those other platforms. You know, Thank you heaven, about, yeah. yeah, a quarter of a billion, <laughs> you know, a quarter of a billion to a third of a billion uh, user base, whereas you're talking billions of user base with these with these other platforms. So mm. they don't see the same type of threat or need to address it. It's simply too small. Now, yeah. we have a pretty good idea, at least I think I do, if I'm seeing around corners correctly, that uh, Twitter can probably expand into uh, a near billion or a billion and a half. A user base within, uh, you know, relatively quickly, you know, over a couple of years. And um, I, I think that's likely to happen. But today it's 250 million, 300 million users, and it simply doesn't come up on the radar the same way these other concerns do. Um, yeah. The danger here is uh, with the government, they have the luxury of time. They have deep pockets and they make the rules. And it doesn't matter even if they make the rules, they decide how they get enforced or even if they get enforced and the southern border is a perfect example we've got every rule under the sun down there to protect the border uh you know uh, requirements for immigration all the rest of it and um uh, this administration uh, simply chooses to ignore that and there's and i'm talking empirically we look at that we know two million people are coming across the border this year if you compare that to the statutes um mm -hmm. There's no way that that should happen. It's just, uh, you know, uh, dear friend of mine used to run CBP. Um, I used to work side by side with that guy. So I know I know a little bit about this. And there's no way two million people should be coming essentially uh, unimpeded across the border. That's, that's shouldn't happen. So um, the rules are there. They're not being enforced. Yeah, let me let me do maybe a, a little bit of a role playing exercise because my so where my head is at based on the discussion by the way thank you both so much for being so open and valuable we've been at it for an hour already and there's still so much to talk about which is like fascinating uh if you're enjoying the content so far so far make sure you throw us a like but um the look at that producer wife's on my god she's the best um she's the so brain the, the operation she is there's no brains in here i'll tell you that much you marry i'm like up, an, i'm an empty vessel it's so true thank you thank you baby um the the role playing exercise here is okay. So if Elon or whatever the 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 sphere of of uh, power that Elon and his companies have, as long as there's nothing egregious that happens in the say near to medium term, it seems like as long as they execute at the level that they can, this this will turn into something that is going to be a giant behemoth that is essentially unstoppable as long as nothing gets in the way. So the role playing exercise is. What could happen that would derail 
this situation like what like if we're gonna put it within this like the context of hey elon says something or does something or there what like what's the incentive for others to actually want to bury him or or his companies like how do you guys think about that i mean obviously i have no idea how outrageous it would have to be but don't underestimate yes government is slow and at the moment it's not divided so i think we can sort of put down that risk into the, I don't know, 20% range, right? This is not a, a fiery risk anymore because of the midterms and because it, we, we now have outspoken support. Uh, but don't underestimate the media. Now, the thing is, if we all understand that the media is making much more noise than necessary, because first of all, it, it, it sells, and second, Elon is just a perfect target for them, right? He, he incorporates everything they hate, everything right? Billionaire, outspoken, having a following better than theirs, um, talking against them. I mean, so, so media will always amplify anything bad about Elon, Elon's company they, that they can. They have done for a long time, but it will get worse. Mm -hmm. So the question is actually, how do we react? Now, one is us as shareholders. Do we get impressed by that? Do we get discouraged by that? But also us as members of social media you know can we fight better back can we can we smoothen out whatever comes from their side and and up to what level can we help um and, and again i just want to make sure because i saw one of those those comments on in the box people saying oh let elon be elon i think we all three agree we want mm -hmm. to let elon be elon we just want to make sure that he puts people in place a little bit behind the scenes that smoothen out what needs to be smoothened out that that there is more of a communication to the people that are not communicated to at the moment and that there is something more publicly available on the facts, right? That we're not just talking about the last tweet five minutes ago, but that we're more understanding about the advancements of Tesla, the advancements of Twitter, the advancements of SpaceX, but more on a factual basis. That, And this is actually low-hanging fruit, uh, Faz, that we've been discussing for the last at least six months, that mm -hmm. this whole communication thing is now overdue. It's really absolutely important that there comes some independent communication from the different entities, just because at the moment, Elon is perceived as being the only spokesperson for everything, everything from his Diet Coke night table to um, SpaceX just launching the last rocket, right? Anything in between. Neuralink. And that this yep, has everything. to be a little bit, exactly, Neuralink today, the semi tomorrow, um, that this has to be a little bit more organized and, and communicated in a smoother manner. Wrong yeah, I don't know. What could be a black oh, swan event? I'm sorry, I, well, I derived from that. I would agree with that. Um, if we roll the clock back just a few weeks, um, if we had this conversation two months ago, uh, Kanye West would uh, would still have all of his sponsorships and would still be free to uh, retain a very large following. Kanye who? Kanye West. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> but you see how quickly he killed, you know, how, how quickly he killed his legacy? He I mean, killed himself. How... And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know Kanye. I've not spent any time with him. I don't expect I would. I'm not advocating for or against him. I'm just saying uh, mm. this gets back to my dad's lesson. Don't be your own worst enemy, right? We, mm. we all have to learn how to not kill ourselves. And um, that's a little bit of the danger here. I mean, when you, and I'm not passing judgment on Elon and, and what he does with his, his family or his children or whatever, but when you start having children from multiple women 
in what appear to be less than stable circumstances that might breach ethical concerns within your company because one happens to be an employee. I don't know all the social dynamics of that, of what agreements he's got to, you know, with these partners, uh, what the arrangements are to raise his family. But I just know that in, in uh, normal consciousness, that spooks people. They don't get that. And, um, you know, Kanye made some uh, social commentary against uh, certain ethnic groups and he has been canceled. I mean, just mm. outright, instantly, you're no longer a billionaire. Matter of fact, you're barely, you know, you're barely a hundred millionaire. And mm. I mean, it's, it's rapid. And, you know, Trump, uh, again, not advocating for or against, simply talking about the facts. You're talking about a lifetime of brand building and he will never regain the luster mm. of, of the Trump brand. It will never happen. It's not even a remote possibility. Not and a, it's, it's actually not, coming to Trump, which is not really bring something to this discussion, but it's actually killed the brand for his children, right? I mean, the, the, yes. the, the, that's how deep how deep it goes when you ruin a brand. Uh, I, I I disagree slightly with you, Ron, on, on Elon's private life. I, I mean, I don't mind. Maybe it's because I have children from different husbands, but mm -hmm. I don't mind that he has children from all corners. But I'm happy that his DNA gets spread as much as it can because the uh, <laughs> more intelligent people we have in this world, better it is. And I, I don't give him any grievance for, you know, having a non-traditional family right. uh, life or whatever. And and I don't think actually our interest in him should go that far. I'm, I'm always very careful in not commenting on, on any of his, on of his personal stuff where, where I just want to make sure people understand we are actually us retail investors and probably not only the four of us or the hundreds of us that are in the stream, but we as retail investors, we are the biggest shareholders in Tesla, right? And, and some of us may even have SpaceX shares and some of us may even have Twitter shares, but those that are in SpaceX and in Twitter are usually um, wealthy enough to, you know, to understand the risks they're taking with their investments. We are the only ones in Tesla having really um, publicly available share that, anybody can purchase some people are further down the retirement road others are still very young and have a lot of time but the the, the one thing i just would like to see is that there is some consciousness mm -hmm. at the level of tesla maybe even at the level of, of elon that not every battle is worth fighting if right. it harms the tesla shareholder we mm -hmm. are the majority of the tesla shareholders us retail investors that currently less institutional investors in there than right. than retail investors and some stuff just gets to us and we are collateral damage of something we have nothing right. to do with. And and Absolutely. how can we help soften this out a little bit? That you That's bet. really my angle. You bet. Uh, what Elon does, what uh, he did in his personal life, that his decisions, obviously, I don't have any idea what those arrangements are. All the evidence is that uh, with his ex-wives, that he's been very generous with them, continues to have excellent relationships with them. So I'm not making any commentary of whether that's right or wrong or whatever. I'm just saying for a lot of people who are looking for any reason to ding you and start trying to paint you as a mad genius or somebody. I mean, you know, Kanye got canceled overnight and you can't those it starts moving into a dicey area that you simply didn't have to move into or open up for scrutiny is what I'm I'm, I'm saying. And I think you're you're saying a little bit of the same thing. Um, what was the uh, second part of your question? Well, we, we were thinking, you know, what would be a black swan event that would then really harm Tesla shareholders? Um, you know, one thing I've been disturbed by a little bit uh, with Elon 
is his insistence that he doesn't care about share price and that other people shouldn't be uh, concerned about share price and the share price is too high. Um, a few years ago, there was a huge debate uh, with, say, uh, professional athletes, particularly uh, NBA stars, what have you. And there was a, a hue and cry over uh, whether or not they were role models, the effect they were having on kids. And uh, a lot of kids were modeling bad behavior from pro athletes. And, um, you know, Charles Barkley spoke up at one point, got very frustrated in an interview and, and lashed out and said, I'm nobody, you know, I'm nobody's role model. I didn't ask to be a role model and, you know, don't hold me to that standard. I'm not responsible for what some kid does. And that's just simply not true. Um, it mm -hmm. comes with the territory, whether you like it or not. And if you don't want that level of scrutiny, then you shouldn't be in the business. Uh, you shouldn't mm -hmm. be, you, you should get out You're of the business. You're completely spot on. And You're completely me, spot on. And yeah. In my my religious, uh, you know, uh, my religious upbringing, it's uh, you, you're not allowed to be an impediment to other people. You can't be a stumbling block to others. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think to have such callous disregard for, a, you know, some random statement I have will affect millions. Um, and to say that, uh, you know, you don't have any responsibility on that. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that should be handled with a little bit more care. So uh, that that would be my my general statement there without uh, being overly critical. So no, I, I completely agree, and I think I've, I've brought this up earlier. Um, you know, I would have wished the last couple of days, short weeks, some statement on you know I'm done mm -hmm. selling Tesla for Twitter. Just right. something that recognizes mm -hmm. that you know the Tesla shareholder backholders here uh, are have been gone through quite a lot. None of our, you know, none of our um, doings, our, our actions, um, and, and just recognizing recognizing the fact. And, and, and there haven't been. And, and I do understand, you know, there's probably completely other um, priorities at the moment, but, but it would be nice. It, it comes back to my blue, red, yellow, green boxes. I think when you're deep into this engineering stuff, you see Tesla in the next five to 10 years being double the size of Apple or double the size of uh, Aramco, you're just, you know, what the heck, these shareholders, you just hold, the, you're good. I understand, but just a little bit of love and care, you know, tender love and mm -hmm. care would, would always come a little bit, you know, welcoming and, 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 and help smoothing out so many, so many people who well, have pain. You would, you don't even, I mean, truthfully at this point, you don't even need a statement. You just need Elon to mm -hmm. go dark and let it be mysterious. Right. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, I grew up with Democrats holding Congress for 40 years, right? And a, a teenager, somebody coming of age and who paid attention to these things. Um, you know, I used to just like, if Republicans can only get both houses, uh, the universe will be right, right? All things will be corrected. And I'll be damned if the Republicans didn't get it. And they did the same thing the, the Democrats did. They Christmas treat the budget. They had special projects they got in trouble it was and and so i still think that government is a great place to get things done it should be there to get things done um by the same token in many respects i want to deadlock the congress now even mm. in the imperfection of what we have on the landscape out there that you have to deal in terms of regulation all the rest of it we know how much better it could be and should be and what that possibility is I want it to be deadlocked as much as... Isn't that crazy that we are right there? Because, because we probably can, all agree on that. 
It's like yeah. a cancer. Pa- it's like a cancer patient. I can deal with what I know. I can't deal with what I don't know. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to change and the they rules, they can go so bizarre on both sides that you'd rather right. not have it, right? So as long as they just stop and play, so oh. they've got gridlock, then everyone can adjust and they can come up with a winning formula for that, right? You can figure out how to uh, to create a winning scenario for yourself, whether you're in finance or you're running a small business or or whatever it is. You can figure that out. But the problem is when the, the ball's always moving, the regulations change, they change the rules. Um, that's exhausting. Um, it creates huge inefficiencies um, out there for people. And it, it simply, it's not fair. It's not right. Um, uh, I just rather be uh, deadlocked as much as anything so that you can actually make Nothing a stable, happens. you can make a stable yeah. plan uh, in light of whatever that bad circumstance yeah. is, you know, You've got uh, children in the Philippines who grew up in uh, landfills and they end Mm -hmm. up actually having, you know, they can make a pretty good life even within the landfill because they, you know, that's what they know and they learn how to survive there. Um, If you can survive in a landfill like that as a child, then you can survive anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if someone's constantly changing that landscape, then you've got, uh, you know, you've got no chance. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, I want to bring this to a last subject that was important for me. And I'm not saying we're closing this off, but one subject I wanted to bring in is the bots, right? The bots is obviously, I mean, thank you for wearing the T-shirt, uh, Farzad. This was not coordinated. Merch store <laughs> on, my de- on my description below. Support the channel. There you go. Now I can plug his store. Um, thank you. So the, bo- the bots are coming. And I hear nobody uh, express yet concerns that the unions are going to go ballistic. I mean, th- this is the biggest threat to social disruption. I think Ever. this is the biggest threat to social disruption than cars, right? Because it will just completely change labor. It will be the way we, we, we Elon touched on having an universal income then for everybody. Um, and, and, and that's where politics, in my view, will get much more involved, right? I mean, it's one thing that there will be some self-driving cars. There's another thing that maybe Twitter gets more of a free speech platform or not. We will see. But but once we will really have millions and millions of bots replacing workers, workers that currently pay union fees, workers that vote, um, I mean, I see all the benefits of the, the bots, and I've written about it already a couple of times. I see that actually our, our quality of life will improve. But that's me, right? Mm-hmm. This is not the, the blue-collar, uh, average uh, worker or, or whatever else, or even agricultural yeah. worker or whatever. And do you see – because obviously there is currently no – ministry of bot right there's you know government is not again not prepared to this disruption just there, i don't even know who it would be it's not going to be department of labor right yeah does does the government have to be prepared is this simply adam smith uh right the invisible hand working um where markets take care i mean some of this stuff just takes care of itself right there's a natural transition and um, cause you're talking market efficiency and all of those things, right. Um, mm-hmm. does the government have to get involved? So for instance, Tennessee, um, has a huge, uh, piece of its economy is automotive manufacturing and that entire umbrella, right. Nissan is, uh, I mean, VW's got, uh, you know, huge facility down in Chattanooga. You've got Nissan South of Nashville. GM is making, uh, vehicles in Spring Hill. 
and that's before you get into all of the, uh, you know, the other uh, smaller suppliers and things like that under that umbrella. Um, but Tennessee's a right to work state. Um, mm. That business from GM uh, and other manufacturers have gra- gravitated south. Like you've got a huge operation from Toyota in, in Kentucky and BMW in South Carolina. Uh, that list goes on. And uh, business naturally gravitates here or to these places specifically because they're less regulated and because they are right to work states. And so, uh, you know, people are free to vote. They have regular votes on whether you're going to unionize and those votes are constantly rejected by the workers. That's the market at work. The government can't force it, shouldn't force it. Uh, So I see that as being less of an issue. My concern, um, go ahead, Farzan. No, I was going to say, like, I I actually view it as an issue, but differently. So I think I think there will be I'm I'm warming up to the fact that, quote unquote, the invisible hand or say the human spirit will figure out how to bring value in an automated world. Like, you know, we'll find things that we find valuable and there'll there'll be markets that are created. But the biggest risk I see during this time is that it's going to be so easy to label Elon as the he's taking away your jobs guy. It's going to be incredibly easy and it's going to start with full self-driving you're going to put taxi workers out of work you're going to put truck drivers out of work and that in itself is going to be a giant working base of the united states and other countries and governmental uh, government officials and political parties are going to just flock to that so fast and so quick and they're going to peg this guy as he is literally killing your livelihood he is literally killing your livelihood and there is a there is a very large chance that that's the opposite, that it's going to enable people to truly follow their passions. And it's going to really open up our economy to the next generation. But it's going to be so hard to see that, especially when we're going to have a transition that's likely to be a complete shit show because it's going to require a lot of governmental really input to ensure that society doesn't collapse through that. And because they're so freaking slow, what's probably going to happen is there's going to be a giant gap of work, right? I mean, this is like, I feel like this is a very logical thing that's going to happen. That is where my fear goes to. Is that that's yeah. where that's where that, Elon is super 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 easy to target? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then add to that the military. Just think about it. If suddenly the military would be more bots than soldiers, right? I mean, you know that subject obviously much better than than me, Ron. But that's where government has its role. Uh, do you maintain these? I don't know millions of of soldiers in the U.S. or then do you replace them with bots? I mean, there there's so much to it. Well, and government's threatened in terms of its revenue model, right? Sure. Uh, you're talking about income taxes, payroll taxes. If those workers are bots, right? That's exactly it. Where is it going? Where, where do those payroll taxes come from? Because you're not mm. you're not paying for the right. So, mm. uh, but and, and even the contrary, then suddenly you have to pay this universal income to people. That right. where does it come from? Right. Right. Yeah. So the government uh, is going to kick the can down the the road, which is what they always do. They're going to put it off as long as possible until it becomes a real threat. And so you're starting to see that in terms of uh, instead of gas taxes collected at the pump, right? Um, electric vehicles don't use. So now are we going to tax the electricity at the, uh, at, uh, at the charging source? Uh, yeah. Are we going to have a, uh, you know, a use tax based on mileage where we track your mileage every year and you pay that fee? Um, and you and I tell you what's going to happen is, uh, in all likelihood, you'll end up with a patchwork because of the political landscape. Every state, every locality, municipality, they get a lot of a lot of choice. We like to defer locally, 
um, in most instances, which is why we're hmm. frothy on the abortion issue, right? Supreme Court hmm. didn't outlaw abortion. They pushed it back to the states to deal yeah. with it. And uh, another mess is there. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, yeah. and that's, that's what will happen here. There, you know, one state will say, well, this is what it means to be uh, an electric autonomous taxi cab versus another state and how that gets taxed or certified or whatever. And then the question will be, well, is, is this sufficient enough for the federal government to step in and provide a universal solution? Does that make more sense? And, uh, you know, that, that could be a long time coming, but all of the funding resources for the government are now at threat because most of it is, is on, um, an income tax. I've always been an advocate for consumption taxes because a consumption tax is uh, much more in line with um, it. It it matches our economic system uh, most appropriately Mm. and it gives people choice over their taxation. If you choose not to spend and you want to save your wealth into prosperity, uh, uh, you can do that. You have that opportunity. Mm. Um, I also think it's uh, against the Constitution. The Constitution says you can't have a head tax Mm. as a direct tax on people and what you produce or whatever. So Mm. I get that. I think it's far more um, beneficial that if you're going to consume more and we're focused as a consumption society, that if you're going to consume more of the world's resources and things like that, maybe you should pay a little higher tax for that, which you're going to pay simply in a sales tax or whatever, because you consume more. Um, I also like the mechanism of it because it's, uh, you know, almost every state has a mechanism to collect it. At the point of sale, you don't have to go through all the tax receipts and accountants and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really straightforward and it takes administrative burden. You get a lot of social good uh, by having mm-hmm. that system. But all of the traditional funding mechanisms for, um, you know, every form of transportation, how you fuel, registrations, mm-hmm. all the rest of it, all of that is up in the air. And I don't think you can expect to see any sort of a universal exactly. answer uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just I just want to point out, I think we made the point a couple of times, but maybe people just joined us now and, and I want to come come to a conclusion on that. The one thing that's clear is Elon is always ahead of the curve, right? Mm-hmm. By being ahead of the curve, governments and all the agencies that need or think they need to regulate it will always be late. Mm-hmm. And so the the while we see sometimes now for FSD and certainly for bots and all that actually no roadblocks there may be roadblocks just in the making because mm-hmm. government only understands now what's what's all implied and what you know where they want to put their hand on it they they're not doing roadblocks to protect us let's let's face it they're putting roadblocks so that they have their influence and their their share of voice in this whole thing um, um, so he's ahead of the curve he's playing from all sides no doubt about it. He is very personal. We see him on Twitter all the time. We don't want to change that, but we just want to make sure that the companies he has in place, and especially the ones we're all invested in, um, have their share of voice to be heard as well, and not only have him as the only you know, spokesperson in there, and that he understands he needs to surround himself with a couple of people that help him smoothen this out, mm-hmm. because he has great goals. We all adhere to them, but he will need these other actors to to understand where he's going and to to conform with it. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the the most interesting thing here for me is that you know Elon talks about attack vectors. He's talked about them before, right? Like mm-hmm. there's all these attack vectors for me. It's I'm a billionaire, right? I am a uh, I don't know a capitalist, whatever you want to call. I'm a 
I'm a white male. Like there's, you know, depending on who the who the subgroup is, there's gonna, oh, always going to be an attack emerald, factor. An emerald, an emerald, an emerald mine. mine. Yeah, like you know, he's got all the money in the world, and the entire family is phony, and all this stuff, right? Like, and it's obvious that he he comes from a good family. Shout out to May Musk for having three incredible children. FYI, I don't think she yes. gets enough credit. Like it's mind blowing. But right. um, if she watches this, dude, like you're, you're like queen anyway mm -hmm. so but what's interesting here is the mitigation of risk becomes a legitimate thing that should be thought about as a leader as you move into these uncertain times especially knowing how um how uh unaffected and potentially disruptive government can be in other forces as you're innovating on these things and the bigger you get you know and so sure. what goes through my mind is in the next three to five years, if Tesla achieves their goals, if SpaceX achieves their goals, if Twitter achieves their goals, Elon will probably be the first trillionaire, trillionaire ever. Right. Ever. Yeah. Right. Think about that attack vector. Right? right. So that is a gigantic attack vector. So if if within the risk mitigation sort of uh, um, sort of thing that we're talking about here, I feel like they're it makes so much sense to invest time and effort and resources and delegation to ensure that no additional risks appear as the as the line that he's riding that sort of exponential curve undoubtedly reaches the end goal because it's going to get weird it's right. going to get really really agree. weird and it's actually not yeah. even it's actually not even as a defense just to be heard the right way right it's mm. not about because i mean there will be stuff that is criticizable there is no doubt about it but at the moment he actually gets so much more attention on things that he shouldn't even be criticized about because they're wrong they're just plain out wrong so instead of defending or having to let die those stuff just making sure that he's heard on the level that deserves to be heard right that, that, that there is an explanation to what he does to the other groups of this society who don't understand this engineering talk and and this where we are in all in all different they don't phases. care because Exactly. They, just want they don't work. care. They don't have the time to spend on it. They don't have the the attention span to to concentrate on it. But yet they deserve to hear it, and it will actually help his whole endeavors. More there is sunshine on what he's doing. More there is a, a clear understanding of what he wants to do. Less he's actually attackable. But it has to be a purposeful, direct measure by him. He has to, uh, you know, build this team up that helps him. Um, defend the defend the mission defend uh, defend his statements and, um, and, and and let's just actually put this back into into current times he will publish in the next hours or days what he found in the twitter, twitter. cupboards right i mean th this is going to be huge because we all know this is the same crap that they did to face everybody else and everybody, yeah. exactly and everybody's just keeping shut but this is going to be huge yeah. worldwide news and they are preparing and the, the mistake he made i find but i mean who am i two days ago he put out yes i will publish this why do you do that why do you tell your opponents you're going in a couple of days to war now right. your opponents have days to prepare how dumb is right. that just wait until you have it and throw it out then they're right. taken by surprise now they're all sitting here discussing okay this will come they're what's preparing. our defense and they're, exactly. and they're they're professional hit artists. That's what they do. That is the and they program. have the whole media with them, right? That's and right. and so they they this will be this well, could this have been done. This is what hasn't happened. Uh, and I'll date myself with this. Uh, there's an old movie called War Games with Matthew Broderick that you guys 
may remember from like 1983 or something like that. And he's a young teenage hacker and he hacks in. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he, he hacks in, or maybe it's a little bit later than that late eighties. Maybe you were a toddler. I don't know. But anyway, he's a super bright kid who uh, is into computers and he manages to hack into, he thinks he's hacking into a game company, but he actually hacks, hacks into a DOD site and he starts playing games with this supercomputer that they have put in place that can take control of uh, ballistic launches and things like that, right? It's to help him do war game scenarios and play it out and, and, uh, and what have you. And what happens is, is one of the game options, so that all the strategy games are listed. And uh, one of the games is Global Thermonuclear War. And he initiates the game and unwittingly the computer takes over and the world is on its way to annihilation because they can't... Wow. They can't get the computer to oh. stop running the simulation. And when they try to stop it, the computer shuts them out and just takes over to um, uh, come up with the launch codes on its own and what have you. Well, the kid manages to find the, uh, the mad scientist who created uh, this computer, which is called the Whopper, <laughs> the war operations, whatever. And, um, and, as the computer is about to launch miss- missiles, they pull up the strategy list, and the one strategy game, the most basic one of all, is not listed. It's tic-tac-toe. And they initiate mm-hmm. tic-tac-toe, and the computer runs tic-tac-toe in every simulation, and then it proceeds to run uh, every uh, nuclear uh possibility that there is, right? And so they've got big screens, and it's a big light show in the whole nine yards. Well, to cut to the chase, the computer figures out that the only winning move is not to play. Mm-hmm. And that is, I understand Elon's ethos that even if you lose some things you engage just because it's the right thing to do, but he hasn't mm-hmm. learned. I don't think in my estimation, I say this very respectfully to the world's wealthiest man and probably the most influential person on the planet now is that sometimes the only winning move or the best move is simply not to play, not to get drawn into these, uh, these petty disagreements and to fight it a different way or to let people uh, fight it on your behalf. Cause at the end of the day, exactly. we know that he's going to do the right thing. We know mm-hmm. the technical brilliance and the good humanity that's going to be done. I would like to see a pivot um, the way Nike pivoted or the way Apple pivoted, you know, Steve jobs is very, very instructive. I think, you have two distinct Steve Jobses. You have 1.0 version and 2.0 version. And in between, you had a, a period, a decade, uh, where he essentially was in purgatory, right? Got kicked out of his own company. He was difficult to work with. Um, he was petulant. He was outrageous. Um, and he created a lot of froth. He fought with Microsoft. He fought with IBM. There was a lot of negative messaging out there. And it caused a lot of issues. Um, he didn't learn until he and he formed Next. He still had, even though it was a superior software and all the rest of it, um, he still had issues there to get traction. It wasn't until he bought Pixar and he got another shot at Apple a decade later that he had figured out how to be comfortable within himself to still be the difficult, mad genius, the innovator who has to break things in order to dent the universe and move the needle he still understood he had to play nice with people. He couldn't do it alone. He needed the street. So he went to great lengths to calm the froth when he had 
the uh, the the famous uh, Macworld speech where they brought in Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've partnered with them. We're not going to feud with them anymore. Um, and uh, not only that, you know, we're taking some of their money. They're investing in the company. They're going to guarantee these products are in place for at least three years, you know, for the office suite. And yeah. that was nothing but a screaming statement on stability and playing a little nicer with others. Um, Elon needs to do that. Nike focuses on the product. Apple's first ad campaign after Steve Jobs returned was Think Different. And they pivoted and said, look, you know, Nike doesn't focus on the product. They help unlock people's personal potential in their performance athletically, right? They show you great athletes so that you can aspire to be as great as you can be using our products at the same time. Apple did exactly that. They quit focusing on the box and the megahertz speed and how much RAM and all the tech stuff. And they simply turned it into, you can be a great artist like Picasso Mm -hmm. or whomever and change your world or influence a larger audience. They focused on the tools. Elon has that same opportunity now, particularly if he will Mm -hmm. let surrogates help carry that message and humanize it and connect with a smile in a good way to show how a driverless car is going to make your life better. I don't, I don't own a Tesla currently. I've got a reservation for both a Cybertruck uh, as well as an Aptera. And, uh, but I have very much of a concern on privacy and government intervention. And granted, they've, they've been able to do this for a long time. OnStar, you could unlock the car, turn the car off from Mm -hmm. a distance. You know, you've been able to do that for 20 years. I get it. But this mandate that you've got to have kill switches on cars, we're seeing, you know, that that bothers me. It bothers me a lot. The converse to that with with uh, FSD, at some point, I may not be able to drive myself to the hospital in an emergency mm. and the car can drive me and I can actually get get care that I might not otherwise be able to get. And that is a compelling argument. And we need to have positive, uplifting, compelling arguments exactly. to everyday people or other decision makers, whether you're, uh, you know, like, wouldn't it be great for Dan Ives to have some comfort when he's doing his reporting to say, this is really how Tesla is going to improve people's lives. I completely agree. That, that would completely be agree. great. And that's the fun part for somebody like me, or maybe Farzad or you, Alexandra, you know, for this, uh, for this panel, you know, we love to make that connection. And we can do mm-hmm. it with a smile on our face and help people feel uplifted yeah. and not threatened yeah. by it and see the benefit. I- Completely agree. And, and and one of the things I say to a lot of parents, because obviously with five children, I meet a lot of other parents. I said, you know, the Tesla is the safest car. I don't let my children drive anything else because I want right. my children to survive. Hands down. This is something you hear nowhere. Why not? Right? That's right. Why can we not convince parents easily to give their 16 to 25 year old kids rather a Tesla than, than anything else because they get back home? And, and I just think there is something missing mm-hmm. um, emotionally or whatever. And it's not Elon only, of course not, but it's just the whole Tesla communication that is just missing a little bit of heart and and, and, and compassion. uh, Well, the other part of that, go ahead, Farzad. No, I was just going to make a point, like, as I think he's just built the ultimate INTJ company and it has inspired a lot of other INTJs and it's brought him so far. And he's like, dude, this is obviously working. So, like, why, why should I worry about this stuff, right? <laughs> well, because there are 80, 80, 93% other people out Oh, no, yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, I just, it's just, yeah, go ahead, Ron, Steve, sorry. We're back to Steve Jobs. Yeah. yeah. You know, early criticism from Jobs that continued was, 
hey, you're running a tech company, but you hire all of these liberal arts people. You know, why are you doing that? And Steve, mm-hmm. you know, famously drew the graph and said, if you plot the life experience of most engineers, it's very linear. It's not very deep. So there's far less creativity. There's far less life experience. And it's mm-hmm. such a homogenized experience that I can't possibly connect with other people. I can't come up with with better answers, right? So um, I'm given to understand that maybe they're looking for a person to help with some of this messaging or whatever without going the traditional K Street lobbyist, you know, the slick uh, interaction, but they want to hire another engineer. And that is absolutely the wrong thing. They need to hire somebody who has a much more varied background who can connect with people and sell the message essentially on a retail level and mm. comfort people and make it a positive. That's what they need. And, and it's, it's probably a rare skill set. Uh, so Alexandra. Somebody, yeah, oh. so, <laughs> well, actually it would probably be nothing else to do in my life. Well, it's probably any of the three of us. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not advocating for myself. I'm just using an example. I've been turning wrenches my whole life. I love to be, uh, essentially a gym rat, you know, and, and working out or turning wrenches or whatever. Um, I've got a Mercedes. I've taken the thing completely apart. I can show you the pictures where there's no front end on it. And the back end is out of it because I rebuilt the car myself, but to do the, the politics, to understand like, uh, you know, the musical piece that we talked about before, you know, that's another language and being able to talk multiple languages is, is very helpful, you know, to, to connect mm-hmm. with it because it's all about connection and you have to enjoy making that connection. And mm-hmm. it's very easy. Um, you know, I had some debate over, you know, like with the kids going, you know, well, they're not going to be a music major. You know, why should I be playing music? Well, because it wires your brain differently. You can do math yeah. better. You connect with people better. It, there doesn't have to be this direct payoff in the paycheck or whatever. There is a benefit that goes beyond that, that, that is extremely beneficial. It's not just two plus two equals four. Sometimes yeah. two plus two equals something far greater than that. If you, um, if, it's a very human thing, yeah. right? It's distinctly yeah. human. Yeah. You know, and I, and, I and as you said, positive. sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I used to have young Marines. So there's this thing in, in the Marine Corps, um, you know, you're an officer, you're enlisted. And, um, if you were a young Marine and enlisted and uh, you transition into the officer corps, right? You've uh, been highlighted for special skill or whatever. Um, those people are termed Mustangs and it's actually kind of a badge of honor. And I've been asked, I wasn't a Mustang. I came in the regular officer path and, and did all of that. But, uh, a highlight of 28, year, uh, 28 years in the Marine Corps was to be asked uh, when I'm senior, hey, sir, you know, can I ask you a question? Sure, Marine, what's on your mind? Uh, sir, are you a Mustang? I said, I'll answer your <laughs> question, but can you, can you tell me why you're asking? Sir, you actually talk to us. You listen to us. Mm-hmm. Right? And that mm-hmm. is the difference. Um, I think if you get one-on-one with, with Elon it doesn't matter that he's the world's uh, wealthiest person. You would connect with him on a one-on-one basis, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that in the faces of his tribe with these programmers and things like that. But he's only one person. He can only do so much of that. And he's probably yeah. only going to be so comfortable in so many different audiences doing that. Um, I think any of the three of us could probably talk, walk into any audience, whether it's walking on the shop floor, 
or any level in between all the way up to the C-suite or in a political office or whatever. Um, I love I love the ability to be able to go from the janitor to the CEO and have an equally warm and effective relationship with every single person in that chain. That is that is a great thrill to me. And I also think it's an obligation if you're a leader to be able to do that. You have an obligation to connect. Yeah. And it's yeah, I, I want to add to that. Yeah, I want to add to that that um I looked been a couple of months now but i watched those third row podcasts I, I don't remember how the name was you know that we that they did three four years ago with uh Kirsten oh yeah and, k10 and, and, uh, and all those folks mm -hmm. yeah. yeah exactly and omar Shout and all that and yeah. and i have to say you know these most of these young people were engineers right most of these people mm -hmm. have done computer science or, or other things so here i come i'm not right i'm a uh, uh, BA in, in business and all I've done in my life is business, business, business. I've got some good financial uh, knowledge, but I have no engineering knowledge whatsoever. I had to watch these couple of times that even after a couple of times, I still didn't understand everything, right? And this was three, four years ago. This was in the period Tesla was out of the biggest mess, but still not profitable and and, and whatever. And so I just, we, we, we should just acknowledge that there is a, and, and I don't, particular thing I'm dumb or whatever, but there's a huge majority of people that can't hear, even mm -hmm. if they put a lot of effort and attention to it, that can't hear what Elon is saying, or even partially right. only can hear it. And, and 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 that doesn't mean it's the mistake of Elon. It just means he is not the mm -hmm. only person that has to communicate to these people about the process of his um of his uh, endeavors. And 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 to his uh, to his credit, what he's doing business-wise with Twitter is exactly what needed to be done. He needed to weed out all the artists of Twitter because now at the moment, the problem is engineering. At the, at the moment is the product has to become better before you can put the fluffy things around it again to make it more of a, but please don't forget to put the fluffy things back into place as well because and it's not just a matter of re-employing thousands of people. That's not what I'm talking about. But Twitter has to also be something else than just an engineering prowess again, especially Twitter. Probably of all his products, it is the one that needs the most social skills. Yes. What I find so fascinating, and, and maybe what we'll do, uh, do we have another 15 minutes from y'all? You guys comfortable sure, with sure, another sure. 15? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do uh we'll do a Q&A maybe like a Q&A section where in the comments if you want to ask a question, put question before your comment and then we'll uh, we'll have producer wife uh pick out only the best ones. Well, she'll bring up as many as she can. Uh, she but has the power, what, power to Cindy. She has the power. She can shut this whole thing right now if she wanted to. She has so much don't power. Don't do it. No, don't do it, please. Um what I find extremely fascinating, I think this was in the All In podcast where uh, Elon went on with uh, with the guys. If you're not familiar with All In, it's basically these very successful uh, billionaire folks that uh, openly talk about their thoughts and how they see the world going and stuff. And they invited Elon to this conversation. It was like their in-person uh, interview. And there was something that I believe he said it in this. He said that, you know, ideally when he started Tesla or when, you know, when he got Tesla going and SpaceX and all this stuff. He what he really wanted to do, what he really wanted to do was be the engineer, put somebody in as CEO and just play with the stuff that he likes to play with, but then he found out that it was his own words a moral error to do that and he felt like he had to take on the CEO role because it was a moral error. So I wonder how much of sort of this current place we are now where folks really do want him to delegate a lot of that communication and having a team that communicates for him 
I wonder how much of that in his head is maybe a psychology that says like, well, that's not the right thing to do. I have to take this on. I am the CEO. It's a moral obligation for me to be the face. And yes, I'm going to make mistakes, but I, I hope people see that I'm, I'm trying to do the best here. Like, I wonder how much of that plays into his psychology as to why this hasn't happened or why it's, I don't know, or maybe he just thinks about it differently. It's just something I wanted to throw out there because I wonder, like as a human being, I wonder how much of a struggle it is for him to maybe recognize he is where he's at or maybe he doesn't have people he can trust in those roles or maybe he's yeah. just tough, giving up control, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, the, I mean, there is obviously a, an issue to how you would set this up because you remember in, I think it was in 2020, he closed the communications department. There was a PR communications department in in Tesla. What comes with it when you run that on a day-to-day basis? First of all, they have to have Elon's trust, right? If they have to run with every tweet and thing they want to put out to him first to get it approved and then through then then the whole thing well, that, is gone what yeah, we that's mo- the soviet model right you know you we can't exactly. make de- you've got to be able to push a certain amount of decision making down to the lowest appropriate level and uh build mm-hmm. that competence of uh, decision making into the organization i think a lot of what he's published you know like no large meetings if you're not adding value it's not rude to get up and leave don't waste people's time i i think he buys into a lot of that but something's missing right yeah yeah, that's exactly it. All right, let's get started. Raymond, uh, thank you for your question. Will Alexandra take an advisory role at Twitter if Elon offered its say based on a tweet? Um, I, I have no intention <laughs> to take any advisory role at Twitter or anything. I'm very happy and comfortable in my life. But I have to admit, if Elon ever calls, I mean, not that I expect that, but just let me make this sure, uh, I would feel it's really a service. Like people feel there's a service to their country. Um, um, if he would think I could be valuable, again, I have no pretension and I don't think he will do that. But if he does, um, I would have to think hard not to accept it because and, and even if it would really disrupt my personal life and, and what I've put up here and, and I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Um, but if he would feel I have something to do and to help, I would really have to consider it, even though it it may not be what I, you know, what I aspire personally to do it, just because I do believe his mission is so big um, that if we can help and if he considers we're the right people to help, we should really consider it. Great answer. Next question. Really good answer. Uh, Michael, should Musk purchase Nokia to advance the conversation and that side of the business? Um, you mean I'd as a phone? I'd rather have him buy BlackBerry, <laughs> but he won't buy a phone. You know, my my love for BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if because um, I know he's openly talked about maybe potentially getting into. You know, if Apple bars us from the App Store, then we're we're gonna have to start our own phone. Um, you know, like part of me says yes. Like Elon would do that if it really came to the point where he felt like his ability to propagate the um, sort of the ecosystem and what his morals are around free speech and everything that like he, it has to get done, right? Like that INTG part of it, like it has to get done. It has to get done. Um, (coughs) But I'm warming up to the fact, you know, and people talk about this a lot. It's like, but it's, it's going to be, it's such a pain in the ass to have your own phone um, that I don't know. I don't know if you guys, I mean, if this is, if this is just to circumvent the 30%, um, tax, which is obviously not a tax, it's just a 
margin uh, of Apple that they're putting on. I've been tweeting about it for weeks now. Tell everybody to put it on uh, to, to subscribe on a web browser on your phone or on your desktop, and then that's it. Yeah. And, and the thirty percent are gone. I mean, nobody needs to subscribe on an app. Um, uh, I do believe he has enough on his plate. I mean, obviously Elon doesn't believe he has enough on his plate because uh, when you're superhuman, you can take on anything. Uh, but but uh, uh, I do believe he rather concentrate on what he's doing at the moment than now start a phone company or an app store. Saying that for the app store, I do believe a Tesla app store will come anyway. So yeah. I always thought that. And so that may be one way of getting into an app uh, store type thing, business anyway. Yeah. Next question. Uh, from Tesla Dude. Would you guys and girl do an interview with Elon? No engineering talk, just PR, PR fluff, communication talk, and the social aspects. I mean, I can tell you right away that if, if you know, say we had the opportunity, the humanity aspect of Elon to me is what's most interesting, like the psychology of it, like the, the pain of it, the why he's like, he's talked about the why, but like, let's really dig into it. Like what's, what's mm -hmm. making you tick here, dude? Like, it's very interesting. What, how do you guys think about that? Mm -hmm. I think Lex Friedman got the closest to it. I think yeah. Lots of people are actually very impressed when they talk to him and I would be the same. I probably would faint. Um, I mean, you always see me like, you know, big mouth and whatever, but there's, there is so much respect for Elon that I would really have to prepare very well to know that, you know, how I could ask him questions and all that. I have a lot of questions that are much more related to, to my personal life. Like, you know, how was immigrating to the United States? Why does it make so much sense for you to do this business in the United States rather than somewhere else? Um, and, and so if he would allow me to ask the questions where I'm comfortable with and for which I haven't heard any answers from any other interviews because people don't come from that side, I'd love to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I agree with you, Farzad, that the thing, you know, we have an, enough information if we, if we know how to search for it, what's his engineering prowess and where he wants to carry the world. I think he has been vocal on that and, if you want to follow that and if you understand or if you try to understand that there's enough there, it's more about the why of his motivations and, you know, where, where does he see his own limits? That's a question nobody ever asked him, right? Yeah. I'd participate in that interview or that panel. Absolutely. Um, for the same reasons. So, yeah. And I think it goes without question. So there was a sort of a PR fluff communication talk. I, I'm sure that would naturally come up just because it would be fun yeah. of mind. Uh, but I think there will be so many different layers to explore. He's just a fascinating human being. I mean, it's sure. just, that's mm -hmm. what it really comes down to. Uh, let's do a few more. Next one. Uh, should buybacks be paired with employee bonuses that have a vesting schedule? The main criticism I see is companies being greedy and just trying to boost the stock price, uh, not my opinion. So maybe, I don't know if Alexander, maybe you have some thoughts around that because yeah. of the buyback portion. Well, the, the employee bonuses and vesting schedule um, has been determined a long time ago, right? That's when the employees signed on and, and had their contract. So I don't think the buyback will be paired with new employee bonuses. The, the employee bonuses is just something contractual they have in place. So I don't think that is that is something that will be paired. Um, uh, and, and all those that say the companies are being greedy and want to boost the stock price. I mean, one thing I can tell you, Tesla is not being greedy and trying to boost the stock price. Mm -hmm. Even the contrary, awesome. I wish they would do it a little bit. And they Very are not. <laughs> Any thoughts there, Ron? Yeah, I mean, everybody 
everybody wants the stock price to go up. I, this conversation about the stock price is too high. I don't care about the stock price. Uh, that's that is so counter capitalist that it it's it, it's not even worth discussing, right? I don't think that we should be trying to pump the stock price. And I think people see a certain amount of hypocrisy when a few weeks ago you're telling everybody it's going to be okay and you're done selling stock and then you liquidate more stock, you know, the following day and, and you, and the shares absolutely get pummeled and it's, it, we're back to the trust issue. It's not that you sold the shares. It's that we feel like we've been betrayed, right? Mm. We trusted you not to sell the shares. You said that you were done XYZ, we understand circumstances change, but you can't just go secretly sell the shares and then a few days or not later anymore. wait for mm. the uh, the 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 form to right. come out that says that you mm. sold and then explain it after the fact. That simply doesn't work and it breaks public trust. At the same time, you're supposed you're trying to build public trust and saying, hey, we're building a platform where this is a trusted environment. That that simply doesn't work. So yeah. That's been that was my biggest thing from that from my last round of selling, and I put out a tweet that said like the the, ease, the thing that's most sacred in civilization I feel like is trust, mm-hmm. and if you start degrading that, that is when you really get yourself in trouble. So like, I completely agree. Mit- mitigating I, I think that insider, is the insider yeah. trading is my is my biggest pain point every time, and I mean I'm saying it publicly, so they obviously they're obviously loving it now. Every time I get into a dispute with Tesla Qs on normal issues, I have answers, right? Duck, duck, yeah. here we go. And then three, four tweets later, and I say, and how about Alexander? What do you think about insider trading? And that's where, yeah. you know, I'm speechless because they're right. There is a lot of insider trading happening, meaning, you know, people that have options or stock because they're working inside of Tesla and have a certain threshold, so they have to publicize them. It's always in the same sense. It's always selling, selling, selling. And uh, and and so the it, it just it doesn't help us without any any explanation. I can understand people want to buy a house or want to do mm-hmm. something else with their money. I can understand it all. But if it's repetitive and if there is no explanation for people, especially for Elon who talks about everything else, right, when there's suddenly there's no comment on this very thing, it's something that's a bit bittersweet to to swallow. You bet. Fair point. Uh, a couple more. Let's do uh, second to last here. Uh, would you support a Tesla phone if Apple were to charge thirty percent for Tesla's robo taxi charges? Oh, interesting. Uh, I I don't know if it, if I don't know if it will work that way. It could right? It very well could. Because if it's an right, app that's being downloaded. Exactly. Yeah. Never if happen. you download the Tesla app on your Apple, Whoa. that's it, the 30% that'll, are there. That'll never happen. What, oh, no. what do you mean? And then that's the fight he's fighting, much more than the 30% yeah, on the eight bucks. This uh, robo mm. taxi revenue is uh, inviolate. He, that is a fight yeah. to the death. Uh, that's a structural issue that will never come Very to good pass. question, Harry True. Very, very It's a great question. question but it's phenomenal. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's Holy too important shit. to the bottom line. He's already said that uh, that you know they'll do more robo taxi business than they are they will car sales in terms of revenue, right? They've already mm-hmm. said that. That's that's the plan, and that's recurring revenue exactly. with very little input. We make the car, yeah. and let me tell you, yeah, and let me tell you, Elon knew for years back because I've been looking at his tweets, you know, restudying them and whatever, you know, the rabbit holes I'm going down. And he knew about those 30% a long time ago. He's commented about it a long time. This week, he's putting up the scenario. Oh, I just discovered there are 30%. Well, no, 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 no. You didn't just discover. You're very clever in packaging it so that people discover it with you. But this was not the new discovery. He knew darn well where he was going. 
he obviously doesn't like it for the eight dollars sure mm -hmm. but you're right the the main thing is the future income on software from tesla because that's the money that's where it is you bet yeah that's a fast i this fight now make it makes so much more sense like it made sense before because of the twitter thing but it's right. within the context of how incredibly gigantic fsd is going to be apple will basically automatically take half of all of their sales 30 percent cut and yeah. that's no. freaking insane right well, you, yeah this is going to turn into what's twitter going to turn into x or whatever they want to call it right right and they've right. made the banking they've made the banking application so that they can do every form exactly of, of finance that they want to do so you'll hail the car you'll hail the robo taxi either from your tesla app or from the x app twitter and uh, yeah. and you'll pay for it directly in the app. Uh, it'll be direct payment to Tesla. There's not going to be any yeah. other stuff. And and but the but the first thing is you will not download the Twitter app on right uh, the App, app Store. store. Otherwise, store. they take That's it. That's the thing. That's where you have to get to. Right. Because right. I think uh, with Uber, they take thirty percent of everything they make on Uber too. Right. Every Uber transaction on the App I Store. Think, or 15% I think Uber has a has a special deal. I I, I think okay. they came up finally with a special deal. And then I, I launched that I launched that poll yesterday evening, and there were quite a lot of interesting comments saying Amazon doesn't allow uh, purchase on the Kindle anymore because the Kindle is obviously downloaded with the App Store. You have to go back to the to the Amazon website. So so there and YouTube the same. If you do YouTube via the downloaded youtube app from apple store you pay double the price than if you do youtube uh, your subscription on the on the web browser so they do they acted by giving different prices if you want to do it on the apple download it app you pay more than if you do it on the web browser but i i just don't think elon wants to leave them a penny because that's not how he i mean 30 percent for somebody who with lots of effort, finally got an operating margin of 30% by constructing cars. Mm -hmm. For him, in his mindset, I mean, it's one thing if you sell trousers and every store doubles mm -hmm. the price when they get it in the store to sell it. That's one thing because you have the you have the risk of the stock and you have the risk of these trousers not being in fashion anymore three months later mm -hmm. and you have to discount them, right? But the Apple store is much more is much more vicious. For the first 12 months, you pay on every monthly payment the 30%. That they get the 30% the first time they hook you in is one thing, but why is it recurrent? And then the second mm -hmm. year, it's 15%, right? The Google Store is, is uh, the Play Store is all the time at 15%. But this is a vicious way of locking people in because they don't even realize what they're doing. They're on their app, they put right. it on the phone, and then they subscribe. So it's really one of those passive things. And their their way of saying, well, we we uh, ensure these people are real. Well, damn, you do because you have, you have to have a credit card to debit, right? If nobody, you know, no bot will have a, a credit card or a bank account to debit it. But once they have that payment license in, in Twitter, and that's actually a point I wanted to get to earlier and forgot, Ron, um, mm -hmm. then, then they may be able to do it if you didn't download it on the App Store and on, on the Google Store. So that brings me to that another question I forgot earlier, Ron. Uh, so they applied for that government license with FinCrow, I don't remember which entity it is in the financial world that gives those payment money mm -hmm. transfer licenses. I read on the internet, it can take anything from three months to 12 months to get this. And obviously for Twitter, that is crucial. The quicker they get it, the quicker they will make money. Absolutely. Now, could that be one of those things where us as you know, Twitter users, we can sort of start putting sunshine on this and and say where are you why is this taking so long is is that something we should get involved well i think 
there's a checkered history here with Elon and the administration, right? We, we know this very publicly, uh, all of this love and profession of greatness for Mary Barra. And there are things about Mary that, and uh, what she does at GM that I love, you know, with a focus on performance and, and some different things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not anti Mary Barra, but there's no comparison when we're talking of, uh, of BEV innovation and adoption and, and all the rest exactly. of it. I mean, uh, and it is an incredibly inappropriate and painful snub to Elon and Tesla uh, mm-hmm. for him to have been treated uh, the way that he's been treated. It's, 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 it's an affront that it's really bad. Um, so you translate, then you look at uh, SpaceX. Uh, Starship would have already been launched, but Correct. for the administration putting its thumb on the scale, which they have clearly done, and it's over arcane environmental, well, we need to know the impact of this on uh, whatever locally, and they keep moving the goalpost on that. And uh, so, yeah, that's the danger. Um, That's been mitigated, however, I think, uh, with the election. Um, Mm. He's got an avenue to appeal now. You know, the speaker, the, the incoming speaker of the House, can have some influence and say, you know, behind in the cloakroom, behind closed doors, and say, hey, you know, cut it out. Let's get this guy approved. And um, um, I think it'll be far uh, easier to overcome some of that uh, that bias uh, now. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, see how much uh, effort Senator, I mean, um, uh, Speaker McCarthy, incoming Speaker McCarthy, uh, uh, puts on this. Um, how does somebody like Mitch McConnell's minority leader treat this in the Senate? Because that's mm-hmm. still a very close vote. And, um, you know, if you can have whatever it was, 13 members, whatever, yesterday, uh, crossover from Republican to vote with Democrats for, you know, uh, protection of marriage, same sex, et cetera, yeah. then, you know, you can probably find Joe Manchin and a couple, two or three uh, more pro-capitalist uh, uh, members in, yeah. in the Senate side to get the mm-hmm. ball uh, uh, across the goalposts. So uh, mm. be, I think he's got a better opportunity to get that done sooner rather than later. And hopefully McCarthy and, and, uh, and others will, will lean on um, uh, the SpaceX okay. launch and to, to get uh, some of that uh, thumb off the scale that's, uh, that's detrimental to uh, SpaceX and, and those launches mm. currently. Mm. Awesome. Well, I think we should call it there. We could go in for another two hours, but my goodness, yes, yeah. such a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much to the both of you for being so open and yeah. honest. Really, I hope the 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 key goal here, we were talking about it before we went live, we went live is like, I hope it's, you know, we hope it's of value to those that are listening to try and understand Absolutely. sort of the time that we're going through. We hope it's of value for Elon and his team mm-hmm. if, they, if they want some feedback from, you know, the, the retail investment base. Uh, I think I really want to commend you both for being just so uh, so rational and logical through your processes. And, and I think what's could be, you know, viewed upon, especially in some parts of our community that's so passionate as, you know, tough to sort of hear or maybe a, a difficult conversation. But I really think these are the types of conversations that are the most valuable is, is we really have to throw around ideas that might be uncomfortable to some to really understand sort of the type of things we're dealing with. And if they're null and void, they're null and void. Like, okay, that's great. At least we, at least we covered them, right? So that's the intention behind this conversation. So thank you, Ron. Thank you, Alexandra. Any, any parting thoughts from either, either you guys? 
Well, one last thing I would like to mention, just people that have known me and followed me for a while now, I'm actually less worried now than I was six months ago. I was fearing government intervention much more six months ago. I'm reassured that actually SpaceX helps shield Tesla, which is for me the, the biggest subject. I do believe Twitter is making good progress. They obviously need to improve their social Absolutely. skills. And I do believe that all the solutions are really low-hanging fruit. And uh, so if, if Elon wants to solve them, he can solve them. So that gives me a lot of comfort. Mm -hmm. awesome. um, I think that I would add that, uh, A, thank you so much for inviting me into this conversation, Alexander, and introduced me to Farzad. Um, I've certainly enjoyed uh, the time. And maybe if Tesla doesn't do something formally in terms of uh, adding, you know, a human face or explaining some of these issues to help calm the waters, um, if it helps to have a continuing conversation or forum on this uh, uh, through you, Farzad, and, uh, and your audience yeah. out there, it's helpful, then, uh, you know, we should do make this a continuing thing if, uh, as long as it's adding value and uh, helping to humanize the situation uh, to, to calm it down. I agree with you, Alexander. I, I feel a lot better. Uh, now than uh, than I did weeks ago or maybe even months ago, mm. um, uh, this egregious use of the thumb on the scale against uh, you know a SpaceX launch and and things like that. Uh, exactly. So anyway, I've enjoyed the time. Uh, it's a pleasure to spend here. the time with uh, two such esteemed people that uh, you have so, uh, so that I would have so much respect for. So thank you for that. Oh my goodness. Thanks yeah. For, Thank you so Thanks much for, for making the time. That. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, let's maybe uh, do some plugs before we even uh, go off. So Alexandra Mertz has a, a sub stack. Um, you can find her at this website. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so you all can see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, find her on Substack. Look at that. Uh, I'm going to post a link to her Substack in the comments section below. And then uh, Ron, what would you like? Is there anything you'd like to show? For, for you know, first? I've, typically been I'm not like my very famous sister who relishes uh, attention and my sister's Dina Carter uh, she's a CMA award winner country music uh, star personality whatever you want to call um, she loves the attention and she's really good with it and I've always been satisfied to uh, to stay uh, to operate very effectively in the background that's fun for me uh, so I never really intended to tout uh, you know, my background to, uh, to Alexandra, but uh, there was a dust up on Twitter from someone who didn't want to acknowledge, oh, no. who didn't want to acknowledge that you have to be careful. You never know who you're going to encounter on the platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And that uh, there are a lot of really smart people who've been around or they're credentialed or what have you. And um, so that's the only reason why I mentioned any of my background to Alexandra. But uh, if, uh, if there's and some I jumped need. on it, Arzad. I was like, this <laughs> yes. is my man. <laughs> so, so I guess this is uh, uh, my way of saying if I need to get uh, past my inner introvert and uh, and put something up that's helpful for the audience that would be complimentary to, to what you both do, then, uh, you know, maybe we can have that conversation in a DM and, uh, and I can be a little bit more active. So. Okay. Well, perfect. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. And I, and now I pushed you a little bit and I think it was of high yeah, value yeah. for everybody who listens. So thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't get pushed into anything that I don't want to do. So <laughs> I've, had, I've had a great time. Awesome. Good. Good. Awesome. Very uh, happy enjoy. to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. Okay. Thank you so much for keeping the comments respectful, everybody. And uh, if okay. you enjoyed, give us a like and we'll see you on the next one, everybody. Hey, Take us off. Rod, we got to talk guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do have to talk to guitar. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Yeah. Tell me a good time <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Okay. Let's do it. I would love to. All right. Would love Thank to. you guys.